Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. Welcome to Sportsbeat KC, the Kansas City Star Sports Podcast. I'm Blair Kirkhoff, and this is the Chiefs Playoff Edition show. We'll see if there's more than one of this particular edition. If history is an indication, this won't be a one-off. The Chiefs have won at least one playoff game with Patrick Mahomes as the starting quarterback and have played in five straight AFC title games. This year's quest begins with a Saturday game against the Miami Dolphins. On today's show, beat writer Jesse Newell and columnist Vahe Gregorian discuss the Chiefs and their postseason prospects, what needs to happen for the Chiefs to advance, what could derail them. We discuss the weather. Yes, that's going to be a story. The Dolphins, Tyreek Hill's return to Arrowhead, and much more. Okay, let's get started. <laughs> what was that, Vahe? Sophisticated studio work. Absolutely it is. I think it's just reflection of the adaptability of this squad nimble very much so um that's Vahe Gregorian you just heard him Jesse Newell's here I'm Blair Kirkhoff we're missing Sam McDowell today uh uh but we'll we'll have Sam back uh next week when we record another podcast after the Chiefs defeat the Miami Dolphins in the wild card round of the playoffs or the season wrap-up for the Chiefs after they fall to the Miami Dolphins in the wild card round of the playoffs. What was the line? It's three and a half? Three and a half as we talk, yep. Okay. Has it, has it changed? I, I saw it the first uh, – we, we all get the, the, the odds on Sunday night after the games or you know next week's NFL games. first one I saw was four and a half. But it's four now. So it's up to four, four and a half to – Three and a half to four. I wonder if the weather plays into it, or more more likely, Dolphins injuries. That's a banged up team. He go as far as you know, saying depleted. I mean, that, that's that's quite a list. It is. Um, you know, Van Ginkle for one on the defensive line. I know. Um, I was looking up stats on him and very underrated. You know, he's a top ten player defender according to Pro Football Focus in the NFL, and so um, that's a major one. The thing I will caution against a little bit, though, is because it's the playoffs, it seems like guys are going to push themselves to get in there. And if you want to talk about Miami having its full complement on offense, you know, A-Chan is uh, a beast. And, and uh, fast. And fast. Um, and uh, Waddle is obviously a, a guy that doesn't get any headlines as Tyree Kill, but um, that's the guy that obviously – He's a top 10 receiver in the NFL, according to PFF, too. So maybe he doesn't get the headlines. But um, if they can get a running back back and a wide receiver back, then potentially that does help them on offense. It's probably what's making this line a little bit closer than you anticipate. Why did it work so well for the Chiefs in the first half of the regular season game against the Dolphins in Frankfurt? 21 to nothing at halftime. I thought the game was over. It was not because 
the 2023 Chiefs are who they are. They they don't win games like that the way they used to. There were a couple this year, the Bears game, the first Chargers game. But uh, uh, but anyway, it ended up 21-14. But the, the Chiefs did get off to a great start in that game. It was like the best of both worlds. Offense moved the ball down the field. Defense had the highlight play of the year, the the fumble, the strip, and uh, and lateral, and Brian Cook returned for a touchdown. But uh, what do you guys remember about that game that might be instructive for this playoff game? Well, it, Jesse, go ahead. You, had, you look like you had a oh uh, no, I mean so you know talking to the defenders, this is sort of like the opposite of the Chiefs' offense, which is things can go bad for Miami for a long time. And then there's an 80-yard touchdown. You know what I mean? It's It sort of reminds me of college basketball when you have three-point shots. Like, you can have a bunch of bad stuff happen, but if you make 13 of 29 threes, you're probably winning. You know what I mean? And Miami has a lot of things that can go wrong for their offense, but if you get a step behind Tyreek Hill or your eye discipline is not right and you get beat on something, then he's gone. And he makes up 80 yards in one drive. We know how difficult – the Chiefs, when they haven't had their big plays this year, how tough it's been for them to grind down the field and just continue to get first downs, continue to make those plays, and then at the end not turn it over. I mean, that, that's what's so hard. So looking back at some of the tape, the Chiefs just did a really, really good job. Their safeties were in tune to always be get depth and get back on Tyreek and even Jalen Waddell, you know, guys that can get by you. Trent McDuffie made a couple really standout plays, standout tackles because – a couple of times they caught the Chiefs in some interesting coverages and or they were about to blow a coverage, and McDuffie just made a tackle from behind where if he doesn't make that tackle, a nine-yard gain turns into a 70-yard gain. So you really just have to be focused in and you have to, to be in on the game plan. Talk to Joshua Williams, the cornerback for the Chiefs in the locker room. He said that, that coaches were really happy when they came back to Kansas City from Germany about how they had locked in on the game plan. But outside of that, you need some guys to make some individual plays so that nine-yard gains don't become 70-yard gains. And I think we saw that from Trent McDuffie a couple times last game and sort preventing the worst case scenario which is Miami can not look that great not look that great and then all of a sudden they have a touchdown you look up because of the, the speed and the talent that they have you made me think of a couple things there but just just a couple scattershot points you know the dynamics of each of these games are always different right but the result of that game was pretty consistent with what the Chiefs defense has been all season second in the NFL in points allowed ultimately and consistent with how Miami plays against top 10 defenses, which is, I believe this number's correct. Miami averages something like 18 points against top 10 defenses and 40 points against bottom 10 defenses. So all that stuff's a little bit consistent. The one real outlier in it, in a way, for the Chiefs defensively was producing one of just two defensive touchdowns that's produced all season. And the other one was obviously the 97-yard Mike Edwards uh, uh, returned against the Chargers in the game that, you know, really didn't matter in the seeding. So, you know, how they get there, obviously that's the game within the game that's going to really matter. But I, I, I think for Chiefs fans, um, it, they probably ought to take some, um, not, not inspiration exactly, but, but have some faith that that's, that's what the Chiefs have been this season defensively. And as, as the Dolphins have just really struggled, I think one in five against those top ten teams defensively. It's a different team against the good teams, right? I think that one, that one win may have been against the Cowboys when they beat uh, Dallas at home. Yeah, uh, but they, they look good. Uh, obviously, it was a uh, pretty really, recent too, like just three weeks ago. Yeah, or, yeah, yeah, it was recently. It was a really nice win for yeah. for the Dolphins. Uh, but 
But then the more recent uh, game was the, the the night game against the Bills, and I don't remember there being a big Dolphins play in that game. Not one that not not of the you know seventy five yard variety, and it was absolutely a game Miami should have won. Bills turned it over three times in the red zone. Mm. How do you how do you get away with the yeah. victory by after doing that, committing yeah. those sins? Yeah. That was amazing that the Buffalo Bills came back and won that game. Um, so, so that's that's why the Dolphins became the sixth seed and are coming to uh, Kansas City, and uh, Buffalo becomes the the number two seed. And if the Chiefs win, that's where they'll head, assuming Buffalo beats Pittsburgh in the in the two seven playoff game. So, uh, when the Buffalo or uh, when the Dolphins arrive here, it will be somewhat un Miami weather. Uh, for um, for the Dolphins, the temperature. What's the what's the latest uh, temperature latest, at game uh, time? Our uh, photographer Nick Wagner just looked this up. That it would be minus two um, at game time with uh, approximate wind chill of minus eighteen. Hmm. Okay. But nowhere near as cold as the, the the coldest game in Chiefs history, as you were just looking up. <laughs> well, the temperature itself would make it yes, the coldest game yes. in Chiefs history, and one of the coldest games. In NFL history, from if if, if I can remember this, the, uh, the the graphic that I saw on this, uh, but the windshield, you're right, minus eighteen. Ah, that's balmy compared to the minus thirty three. <laughs> and I do think the windshield is what I what I'm going to count, <laughs> yes. right? I mean, right, right. But nonetheless, minus eighteen is going to be torture, right? Let's so minus thirty three was the nineteen eighty three eighty three season finale against the Denver Broncos when temperature at kickoff was zero, windshield minus thirty three because of the. Uh, Soft breezes across uh, Arrowhead's then artificial turf. But you look, you make a good distinction about temperature at kickoff. It, you know, what's the temperature going to be three hours later? But <laughs> <laughs> well, more importantly, five well, hours later or six hours later, I, we're leaving. I just pulled this up um, Saturday night on AccuWeather. It says mostly cloudy and very cold, with the temperature approaching the record low of negative ten set in 1979. So that's the type of thing you're looking at is potentially a record for this particular date in Kansas City history. Okay. <laughs> I had an email from somebody that I looked at just before I came in here who was asking, I don't know if he was a Dolphins fan uh, or a Chiefs fan, but who, just a fan who wondered why the game couldn't be moved to a neutral site given the conditions. That's happened in NFL regular season games with the threat of, uh, uh, usually something catastrophic, right? A hurricane, um, earthquake, something like that. But uh, but not for temperature. I don't recall temperature. Even the Chiefs moved uh, a playoff game in 2016 against the Steelers that was scheduled for uh, Arrowhead. And it was the ice storm, threat of an ice storm that really never materialized in a way that we thought it was going to. But nevertheless, the game was moved uh, a, a day. I think it actually went from a Saturday to a Monday night, and uh, the game was played. That was the first night uh, divisional round game, I believe, and that, and they've had one ever since. Yeah, and it, it uh, unleashed, uh, you know, a, a really bad idea for for <laughs> um, for a lot of people. Uh, although I do think that you know the bright lights are what what people want, right? Um, you made me think of this though. It it it's. Something that uh, I've now forgotten is what you made me think of. I already <laughs> forgot it. <laughs> it's already slipped. Let me let me fill that gap with this thought. Um, 
we asked Andy Reid and Patrick Mahomes today about these elements. And Andy, it's, it's almost like insulting to Andy Reid to ask him about anything that is, uh, you know, outside of the, you know, outside of the play, you know, the play call or something. Outside know? of what you can control. Exactly. And he, he's an, his answers are often good and he's a good interview in so many ways, but not in this way. He's not going to give you anything that, uh, what do you, the weather, what are you talking about the weather? Who cares about the weather? Yeah. Yeah. I would say just get ready to play. That, that was right. kind of what he said. Although he did allow us how, uh, it, there might not be a real advantage for the Chiefs since they're not having a snowball fight. That was, <laughs> that was that his was line. The, yeah. The thing I did, I just remembered was what, what Patrick said that I found interesting was he referred to it, this may not be the verbatim quote, but as real football when you're playing in this kind of condition. And that, just to circle back to the original thought about whether, you know, should you move a game because of, you know, harsh, inclement weather like this, I think that's, that's, the exact point um, of refuting it in some ways. Now, of course, fan consideration is a whole other matter, and um, I think Chiefs fans would want the game to be at home for sure, rather than somewhere else, and they earned that advantage. I mean, if the NFL was really concerned, they'd move the game up to the afternoon or had thought to put the game in the afternoon. At least you're saving 10 or 15 degrees there. But I think to your, to your point, Vahe, it's – I mean, it's – that, that ship has sailed. Uh, they want this game in prime time, and I understand why. I mean, the, the tr- intrigue is here. We heard Tyreek Hill talk about how he wanted to come back to Arrowhead. He was disappointed that that game wasn't at Arrowhead because he wanted to come back here and show to the fans what he could do. And uh, we can talk about this briefly, too, but what reception is he going to get from Chiefs fans in this game? He's done a lot of chattering since he left Kansas City, um, and a lot of chattering that has not shed particularly positive light on whether it's Patrick Mahomes or Andy Reid or how he felt valued around here. So um, he obviously had a complicated tenure with the Chiefs to start out with, one that you guys, you know, were in the midst of covering. And so uh, complicated is probably a really good word to talk about here. But um, how will he be received and how will he respond to that and how will he respond to the cold along with his teammates? I think those are all big storylines. Real quick, one did want to mention that uh, I – said A-Chan earlier, he was actually in last week. Moster is the one that they think they're going to get back this week along with uh, Waddle. So right. uh, just, again, when you're talking about four of the fastest five guys in the NFL, that's them, A-Chan, uh, Mostert, Waddle, and Hill. And so if we talk about all these injuries on the defensive side for the Miami Dolphins, which is a real thing, they just signed Justin Houston, who now I looked on ESPN, he was on the top of their depth chart. He signed, they signed him today. He was on the top of their depth chart today. Uh, you know, that that's – that's a desperate situation on defense, but on offense, um, this thing is probably not as desperate as it looks just because of the guys that they have back and the speed that we always talk about. They had them all in Germany, didn't they? The the relay team here? They definitely had Waddle. They had Hill. I'd have to go back on the running backs, whether one or both of them was available. Uh, I, I feel like, it was. I, I feel like HN might not have been um, at that point in the season, but it would have to go back and check. But uh, they at least had uh, most of the majority of the guys. and. Again, that's that's why the Chiefs were so impressive there. I mean, I remember talking to Trent McDuffie before that game, and this was still in the midst of us sort of figuring out what the Chiefs' defense was going to be. And he was looking forward to the game saying that the Chiefs wanted to go against the best to prove that they were what they said they were. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. And I think that emphatically answered it. When you win Mm -hmm. 21-14 against the Dolphins, who were averaging 30 Mm -hmm. points per game at the time, the number one offense in the NFL, I think they proved it in that game. And and now they're going to have to prove it again because um, I would – 
we talked about this, Mike. Just it's it's sort of interesting this flip flip switch that Patrick Mahomes has kind of come out with lately, where they we hear so much about complimentary football, but the reality of the situation is the last few years we know it wasn't complimentary football. It was Patrick Mahomes and Travis Kelsey and Andy Reid saving the team when they had to. He's talked so much now about like they can punt and maybe they don't have to score that many points as long as they're not making these huge negative plays. The defense can come save them, so it will be fascinating to watch. This is a game where the defense really could win a game for them um, against one of the high-powered offenses, and so we'll see how kind of both sides react to that in the reality of the Chiefs. Just back to your point about Tyreek, it is really fascinating because obviously he did some really notable things here, right? Yeah. Essential, essential things to what they've done and who they became. On the other hand, I, 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 the, the chirping he's done, it's not just chirping sort of trash talk. I mean, it's like Ashley saying, you know, Two was more accurate than, than Patrick. He's saying that before he ever played a game with Tua. Just stuff like that that's just kind of, you know, unnecessary, despite the fact it was on podcast that he said it had to be said. It's sort of needling a little bit. By, I mean, I, I just think, you know, there's there's times, too, where he's he's mentioned, okay, uh, he didn't feel as close to Patrick as Travis did, you know, and, yeah. and those guys hung out and he didn't. It's, it's sort of, I, I don't know if scorned lovers is the way to say it, but it is sort of... Um, bad blood. I, I don't know. I don't know how to like phrase it. There's been you can tell he was hurt by this at some parts of the situation and some parts where the Chiefs traded him away when they potentially could have paid him. Um, this separation did not happen with Tyreek leaving and completely forgetting about the situation. He he harbored some feelings afterwards and yeah. he shared those feelings. So again, it makes it complicated. He did a lot of great things in Kansas City. He made some huge plays, obviously. And we can talk about Wasp in the Super Bowl and then everything that he helped bring to the Chiefs and, and their success. But since then, it's just has been a little bit of a needling, I think. A needling to Chiefs fans, Chiefs coaches, Chiefs teammates, even Patrick Mahomes. And, and that's really something I don't think we've seen from any other separation from a, a Chief going elsewhere. Yeah, I think that's true, and it's a little bit because of Tyreek's outspoken personality, um, reckless at times, I'd say, with how he how he does these things. Um, but I I would think that some of that is going to be uh, I don't know if they have a literal bulletin board in there, but but Patrick's not going to forget that no that that's and also I think Patrick really likes them. I think they were friends, but I I still think that that stuff is exactly what. Um, Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price. Priceline. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply builds up petty pat when he's when he's <laughs> in these situations and and i think you know tyreek's insinuation he was underutilized, underutilized here. <laughs> just, and anyway i i think your, your your real point is the fascinating one which is i don't know how a fan will react i suspect more booze than cheers yeah 
I mean, especially in the context of the day, which it's a is playoffs. want to beat this team. Yeah, and um, I don't expect Pat to forget either. I think there's another flip side to this as well, which is any decision like that that is going to be made to trade a huge player, I, I don't believe for a second that Brad Veach didn't call Patrick Mahomes first and say, what do you think about this? How do you feel about this? And so the fact that that trade took place lets me know that somewhere along the way, Patrick Mahomes probably knew beforehand and, and was okay with the Chiefs moving in this direction. And obviously, listen, I, I mean, things don't have to work out for one side or the other. The Chiefs won a Super Bowl, and Tyreek Hill is, could be the offensive player of the year in the NFL this season. Like, he, before his injury, was pursuing 2,000 yards receiving for the first time ever of any receiver. So, I, I don't know. I mean, if you look at this sort of clear-eyed, I, I, don't, I don't know that either side was wrong or that either side really regrets what happened. It just sort of moved on. And I think that's you can call of, it win-win. Yeah. I mean, and, I mean, and the context will flip a little bit based on what happens. Absolutely. Right? How, will, how will we look at the trade after the result of this game. And we cannot under ignore the undertone of this entire season for the Chiefs, which is they've needed a receiver. <laughs> they've needed a receiver the yeah. whole year. Now, they won the Super Bowl last year, and so many guys contributed from that trade, the Trent McDuffies of the world, with the draft picks the Chiefs got. But if Tyreek comes in here and has a big game and Patrick Mahomes continues to struggle without a receiver he can rely upon, you can bet that's going to be something we'll talk about after the game, whether um, that that sort of thing is is something that uh, we should have brought up more before uh, all this came down. So it's a fascinating matchup. And listen, I know Sam talks about this all the time, but uh, cheering for the storylines, this this is great storylines for the first round of playoffs. So this is definitely something we'll be uh, watching closely and fascinated to see how it turns out on Saturday night. It is interesting. We would feel differently about the way the, the receiving core has been if this had been last year and the Chiefs hadn't mm-hmm. won a Super Bowl already. Yeah. Right. I mean, that's the thing. That's that's the backdrop for our, any of this stuff is they, they, well, they worked out quite fine last year. This is the year I thought that they'd have last year. Yeah. With the, the you know, hodgepodge. Anyway, sorry, Blair. You had- well, Chris Jones, I thought it was interesting today, made the point that he and Tyreek came in together, right? They're in the 2016 mm-hmm. draft class, which when you think about it, that's a heck of a draft class to include mm-hmm. Just Chris those Jones, two. Tyreek Hill. I mean, yeah. potential two Hall of Famers in one draft class, uh, both trending in, in that direction. And also, I thought it was, you know, Chris Jones today, as we're, while we're on the topic, um, happened to... <laughs> You know, remind us that this could be his last game at Arrowhead. Um, none of us, as I said in the story, he said the quiet part out loud. You know, yeah, yeah. We all yeah. expect this to be his last season in Kansas City. We just maybe not thinking about it yet. Yeah. Um, but Chris Jones at the podium today mentioned it. The other thing that Chris Jones said about Tyree Kill and the Dolphins that I, I hadn't thought about, but he's right. Um, you know, in rematches, the Chiefs were just one and two this year. Um, Except the Chargers. Well, the, right? well oh, yeah, oh, that's yeah. right. He, he well, said two and two. two but, he was but, two and two. So, so after beating each yeah. of each of the three yeah, AFC yeah. West teams the first time, they lost yeah. two of the rematches. Yeah, yeah. Um, to the you know to the Broncos and then to the um, and then to the Raiders that ugly ugly Christmas Day game. Um, but this is the rematch with the Miami Dolphins, and. I don't know. I don't know if does the does the team that lost the first game have the advantage in a situation like this? It's the, one of those age old sports questions. I don't know. Uh, I, do they have more incentive? I, I if I'm a, if I'm a Dolphins follower, I'm just more concerned about how they've looked in their last yeah. some of their last few games. 
I did see a stat uh, out there that uh, the overs happen more often, which would make sense. In rematches? Yes, in rematches in the playoffs. If you played the team in the regular season, that normally there's more points scored in the second matchup. So um, that, that seems to be maybe a familiarity thing, a little bit more of a game mm-hmm. planning sort of thing. So that would make more sense. I mean, the bottom line with this player, I think, is kind of what we talked about, which is Chiefs are four-point favorites. So uh, Vegas would tell us whatever that is, about 60 65% chance to win this game. Not ideal what you want in the wild card round, especially with the path the Chiefs have had in past years when they've locked up the one seed and haven't even had to play in this round. But they should win. You know what I mean? Like, like push comes to shove, they are the better team. They've shown that over the course of the season, especially with my, the roster that Miami is entering this game with. So um, it, it, it's, it's, it's really fascinating because it's on the Chiefs now. Like, we've been talking about their struggles all year. They know their struggles. We all know the flaws that they have and, and what hasn't come together offensively. Now, if it does, they're probably going to have to go through Murderer's Row. They're going to have to go through the Dolphins. They're going to have to go at the Bills. And they're going to have to go at the Ravens. And if this team makes the Super Bowl, they'll have earned it. And um, that, that'll be a fascinating pack, path to track. Again, you'd rather ha- it'd be easier. You'd rather back your way into a Super Bowl and still celebrate it. But this Chiefs team, um, been saying all year, they're going to get back on track. They're going to get back to that level. Now's the time to go show it. Um, did the Chiefs – we spent exactly zero minutes talking about last weekend's game against uh, the Chargers. Did the Chiefs get anything out of that game that could be useful for them in the playoffs? This was the game, of course, that Patrick Mahomes and Travis Kelsey and Justin Reed and LeJerry Sneed, many of the main starters didn't play. Chris Jones, of course, did, and – Picked up his tenth sack, ten sack number ten and a half to to cash an incentive. But did the Chiefs pick up anything out of that game that could be useful to them? Maybe some line flexibility. They really rotated the crops through the uh, the line play, and maybe it, it, in the interest of depth. Although they certainly lost something with Morris getting the concussion protocol. So, but I do think that that's good, and maybe just some sort of general reps for a few more guys, whether they established anything in terms of who they are or mindset, I would say is, you know, not out the door, but I, I, you know, rather win that game than not, but I don't think it that mattered. I think starters rest means something. I I, I just, you know, you get beat up and we have injury reports to look at, but I'm sure two thirds of these injuries don't show up there. Guys are my shoulder is bum, you know, it hurts or whatever. So to hear guys in the locker room, that's, I think it's a big thing to just have a week where you don't have to go through the grind. And it seemed like Patrick Mahomes was appreciative. I know we talked to Trent McDuffie in the locker room. He was appreciative just to say he was eager to get back out there and get in the game. It felt weird to be on the sideline, but yet to have a week to sort of get your body back and ready for this end of stretch. Blair, you wrote the story. The Chiefs looked tired this last half of the year for good reason. Six straight games, they had a rest disadvantage against the team they were facing, an NFL record. And so um, I think to get this breather at the right time, uh, it was a good thing for the Chiefs. And uh, I'll, I guess I'll ping it to you because I think the one person who played in those games potentially that could help them in the playoffs is McCall Hardman, and him getting out there every single snap might have helped the Chiefs. Yeah, I was trying to get to that. Yeah, um, yeah. that absolutely. Played every snap in the game. Now – Who's you know whose snaps would he take uh, going forward? I don't know about MVS or Justin Watson, Kadarius Tony. We still don't know exactly what his health status is. You know he's the speedster, difference maker. You know liability because of carelessness. Um, but where could McCole Hardman make a difference? So 
I was actually just, I was actually just talking with a buddy about this. I mean, this is this is sort of the question to me. Like, he is not the guy that they normally run out there on the deep routes. You know, Justin Watson and MBS have been that. But we know the frustration that's been out there with MBS because he hasn't been able to really connect on deep ball with Mahomes, whether it's adjusting the ball or dropping the ball, whatever the case may be. Their speed is different, though, because, like, McColl is, is short burst sort of speed. You know what I mean? Like, 60-meter runner. Yeah. He MBS was, He was their jet sweep guy. Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. MBS is like a 200, 400-meter guy, which in terms of, like, geometry on a football field really helps you because if he takes off full speed, he's pulling safeties deeper. You know what I mean? Like, McColl will not pull those guys as deep because he'll get off quickly, but MBS is the one who will continue to burn and, and maybe open up things underneath. Now, how much do you change things in the playoffs? Do you trust MBS at this point? I mean, it was just a year ago in the AFC Championship game where MBS had the game of his life yep, yep. And, and really helped them out. So do you hope that reemerges? I just think it would be very difficult for the Chiefs to just completely pull a huge 180 in week 19 of the season and say, okay, McColl, you're now MBS. Is there a role for McColl? Potentially. And, and he got out there and got more reps. I think that's good. I just think probably pulling the plug on a, a player that's been so vital to you the last two years at this point um, is is something that would be pretty risky for the Chiefs. And, you know, I got I to gotta play the body language card, too. It was interesting watching the sidelines of this Chargers game. Uh, Mahomes, throughout the whole first quarter, was standing with Kelsey and MBS throughout that entire time. MBS did not play in that game, um, which I think lets you know something about how they feel about him. And even the locker room last week, MBS and uh, Kelsey were kind of in a little bit of a, a wrestling match right in the front of us and the reporters. Uh, so those guys were seem to be getting along, you know, game after Travis seemed pretty frustrated on field when MBS had his drop pass. So I would just say all those indications lead me to think that they're going to continue to rely on him. If nothing else, as that deep threat pulling the defense away decoy, but at minimum, a guy that they're paying $11 million to perform in the biggest of moments. And guys, we know how this works. Sky Moore, a lot of those things that didn't work out well for him on punt returns, worked out well in the NFC Championship game last year. You completely rewrite your narrative. And uh, this is a chance for MBS to rewrite his. Uh, I, I think the Chiefs are going to try to have him in the same spot. It might be too late to try something different. Which leads me to this point. <laughs> this is the Chiefs' time of year. It has been yeah. in the Patrick Mahomes era. Patrick Mahomes... We were talking about this earlier, Vi. He's got the highest passer rating of any quarterback in postseason history. The Chiefs have never had a postseason with Patrick Mahomes in which they were shut out. They've always won at least one playoff game. Those things are kind of on the line for this team because this is the lowest seed they will have had, right? The worst record in the regular season, the lowest seed, 11-6 and the number three seed. Um, as and Jesse, as you mentioned, the most difficult path likely if favorites win, yeah, I continue mean, win. They're, things can happen, but yes, they, they, they've yeah. never. And the, the big, you know, the big obvious one. They've never played in someone else's. Yeah. St- well, they have technically. They played the Bucks in their stadium in the Super Bowl, but that was considered a neutral field. Yeah, yeah. And, and look, Blair. I mean, I had not remembered that, or maybe even known it in the first place till you said it today. But I, I looked after you brought up that Patrick is the highest rated postseason quarterback in NFL history. Pro football reference, I just looked down that list. I mean, you got Joe Montana's 11th, uh, Bart Starr is second. Uh, Alex Smith is in the top 10. Yeah, um, didn't throw interceptions. That was his yeah, yeah. secret. It was, yeah, yeah. To, to, uh, but to your point, also, Patrick is 11-3 and three in the postseason. He's never failed to get them to the AFC Championship game. I mean, think about that. 
It's amazing. It's I mean, incredible. That, that, that's five times. I mean, that, that, that's unreal. And so conceivably, most likely a much harder path. Uh, but we have seen things shift in favor of the Chiefs that way. And, and you really, you just, you just never know, right? I mean, how many times have we watched a playoff thing and thought, well, this is that path? The, the key point here is you don't have to play all of them. You only play the one at a time, obviously, but also you don't know that you're going to get all those scenarios. Probably will, probably would if you get there, but that's why they play the game. I, I just think this is what the Chiefs have going for them. There's going to be years that are outside of your control where somebody's hurt. Somebody key, you just don't have them. And maybe, probably, at some point, we've seen how many AFC quarterbacks went out with injuries this year. At some point, the Chiefs are going to be in the playoffs and Patrick Mahomes is going to be hurt. And that's going to be a bummer. Yeah. You know what I mean? That, that's happened in, in previous ones where yeah. guys have had to come in. He's not hurt. You know what I mean? Andy Reid's still here. The play calls are still in. Travis Kelsey's still on the sidelines. So, yeah, if, if you're a Chiefs fan, I think the optimism here, they're not in a perfect spot. They're not in the spot they want to be. All that is clear. But, like, those guys are in still and they are not injured and they potentially we've seen what they have done in the past we've seen what they do in the biggest moments we've seen them succeed in these situations before so all that's in front of them could they make a run they absolutely could now is it going to be difficult yes and and the most difficult path most likely that they've had to make a super bowl but the bottom line is you still got probably the best player in the nfl and you've got a top five head coach of all time on your sideline and that potentially in 60 minute samples can beat another team that's very good and they can do it three different times and they can make a Super Bowl. So I think that for the Chiefs is just the number one thing is like he's not battling an ankle injury that's sidelining him and makes it so he can't scramble. He's not uh, having to, to work around these things that are physically going to limit him. Um, Mahomes should be 100% Mahomes in this particular game and potentially for the next two games as long as something else doesn't happen and that is going to give you a puncher's chance. That's where the Chiefs need to be every single year in the playoffs is giving themselves a puncher's chance because they've got the best football player on the planet on their sideline. And so uh, that really is why you can't count any of them out in this particular game or this particular postseason because all the pieces are there from what we've seen work in the past. And so could it work again? It absolutely could. You know, honestly, my biggest point of concern about what the Chiefs can do is, is really simplistic but true. It's, it's the turnover game. And they are the worst – Turnover ratio team of Andy Reid's tenure here. As good as the defense has been, does not generate enough turnovers to make up for the offense's giveaways. They're 28th, I guess, is what they are now. And that to me is, it, it's obvious in every football game, but the, because of the nature of this team, I think it's a team that's absolutely good enough to make a run if it doesn't, you know, do the ultimate um, self-destruct mode of, of turn over the ball more than it gets it back. I, and, you know, game to game, that can be different, but I, I think that's what's going to be the uh, most demonstrable element of whether they can succeed here. That's encouraging and discouraging because that yes. thing normally is not reliable. Normally, yeah. it's one of those things that comes mm. and goes. You know what I mean? And and it's not going to. And you've said that a few times. I, I, and and yeah. I keep saying my prediction, yeah. and I'm usually wrong because yeah. then the well, Chiefs. No, then, then the Chiefs. Natural. But then they give away two turnovers, and they're worth seven points each, and then they lose a game by four. It's like, well, they were 10 points better than this other team, except they handed the other team 14 points. So that's that's the good and the bad, right? Like, they have a high ceiling offensively if they don't screw up. How many games have they now screwed up this year? Not very many. And we talk about the discipline things all year, which hurts them, the penalty things. They have to drive all the way down the field, and that's why penalties kill them. You right. know what I mean? That's why yeah. little things kill them. That's why these 
turnovers kill them because then to get back in the game, they've got to drive another 13 <laughs> plays down the field. So uh, I think it's the fact that you can drive 13 plays and score touchdowns is great. But um, that means that these little things are really important. And so can the Chiefs turn that off for three games? They could. What are the odds of them doing that for three games? That has to be a concern. And so I, I'm totally with you, Bahe. I would just say the encouraging part is not every team can be efficient offensively. This still can be an efficient offense. But the, the mistakes are what has killed it. Can they avoid mistakes at the most important time? Maybe that's part of that mindset flip that you talked about with Patrick Mahomes. Can you just be a little bit more safe with the football? Maybe that's okay because this defense is really good too. They've only won the turnover battle in two games this year. That's twice. Um, now, even like this yeah, past weekend yeah. or losing it 15 times. I will say, I've, I saw the stat too. They are like the worst when it comes to fumble recoveries of their own and worst when it comes to fumble recoveries or one of the worst when it comes to getting on defense. That's completely They never fluky. see the ball. They that, never see the ball on the ground. That one's fluky. That one's 50-50. You know what I mean? That one, that one can change over time, but... Even more fluky, I think, is the defensive one. Now, you'd rather force punts, all that stuff, but that one can change in a hurry. And some of that is game flow, too. I mean, if the Chiefs avoided their mistakes early and you get up in a game 10 nothing, you're going to see some turnovers come because teams have to sort of come back to you. So um, we'll see. That That's the one part of the game. I mean, this is why – listen, if we're just going to be completely honest here, this is why the Marty teams didn't beat themselves, could go 13-3, and but it's tough to win the playoffs because you're relying on another team to mess up if you're another team playing the Chiefs, you're relying on the Chiefs to mess up. It's not always in your control. So well, it's, it's in the Chiefs' control. The Morty teams did all those things correct. They never had the quarterback. Yeah, but but that's what I'm saying. Pass offense, pass defense, those are big things. The Chiefs mm-hmm. are really good at both of those, or at least better than the average team in both of those, especially when they don't turn the ball over. So um, that's an advantage the Chiefs have, but got to avoid those things that uh, we know kill them. So it begins on Saturday. Uh, in less than ideal conditions at Arrowhead Stadium. So thanks, Vahe. Thanks, Jesse. And Sam, we'll talk to you soon. That'll do it for today. Thanks to producer Monty Davis for putting together the show and to our Sportsbeat KC staff of Randy Mason, Jeff Rosen, and Scott Chasen. Tip of the cap to Vahe Gregorian and Jesse Newell for sharing their insights. Check out the very best in Chiefs playoff coverage in the print editions of the Kansas City Star on KansasCity.com and in the morning sports edition, the nation's best digital sports page. Go to liveedition.kansascity.com and check it out for yourself. Thanks for listening, and we'll be back soon with another Sports Beat KC where we talk sports in and around Kansas City.